Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Russell Davis. This week, we're unpacking the subject of perfectionism. A lot of my clients would admit they have a sense of perfectionism and they know it doesn't serve them. They know it gets in their way and it's a source of stress and anxiety, which is so unnecessary. So how can you let that part of you go? How can you be more okay with enough, good enough? Let's dive in and find out if you have some aspects of perfectionism and what you can do to let that go, to bring more ease and flow into your life. often having a a discussion about the word enough and I say that's good enough whatever it is we're putting a shelf up or doing whatever job it is and uh, I say it's good enough and she will joke and say um, I'm sloppy that it's not good enough Um, and actually putting a shelf is not a putting up a shelf is not a good example because for me the enough is it's enough for that job and actually I quite high standards when it comes to the DIY or kind of the strength of things and I tend to over-engineer things like shells Um, and she would judge a lot of time that she thinks I'm sloppy but if she looked under the bonnet of my Land Rover underneath my Land Rover I think she'll see in that sense I'm not I have very very high standards when it comes to you know restoring my Land Rover I don't just fix it I like to restore it so for me, it's all relative. It's enough for that particular job. Because you all think differently. What one person thinks is enough, and the person may not think is enough for that particular job, because we all think differently. And I could argue, I think she's more of a perfectionist than, than I am. Um, but the thing about perfectionism, it can lead to some symptoms that you know, we, we aren't pleasurable, <laughs> we don't enjoy. And a lot of my clients would judge themselves as a perfectionist and not like that part of themselves and wish they weren't so much a perfectionist because being a perfectionist often leads to things like, you know, um, anxiety. They'll worry about whether it is enough, what people may think of it, or over playing previous situations, going over previous conversations without good enough, what do they say? And really over-analyzing situations. It can lead to all or nothing thinking and not be able to find a, a middle ground. It's often kind of uh, caused by unrealistic expectations. They think they should be operating at a particular level. I think those around them should operate at that level as well, which can lead to frustration or disillusionment. Often it's fueled by a fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, fear of being judged by others, judged as a failure by themselves or others, and working harder and harder and harder to make sure that doesn't happen, seeking this idea of perfection. It can lead to procrastination, putting things off because not thinking you can do it well enough. Well, that fear of failure often thinks, well, if I don't start, I haven't really failed. But if I do it and fail, then I really have failed. And that procrastination can be fueled by the preoccupation of other people's opinions and not having a sense of how you want to do it and the direction you want to take because 
you're contaminated by this preoccupation of other people's thoughts. Trying to work out what's right, the right way of doing it. As if there is a right way of doing something. Because what if there's no right or wrong? What if there's no good or bad? They're just ideas, concepts, they're not truths. And often the perfectionism leads to being time poor. Because you spend far more time on doing a job than maybe was necessary. Than was actually what was enough. Whatever enough is at that moment. Having a more maybe realistic perspective on what enough is in that moment. It's having more realistic expectations. More realistic understanding of what is enough. So perfectionism can lead to being out of flow, not being in flow. It can lead to yeah, being stressed and, and time poor and less ease in life. It takes away any ease in life. And I think ultimately what's behind it is going back to that word of enough, what's good enough. It's about what's good enough within us, as our sense of self. Are we, are we good enough? For who we are as a person, not in that particular job, that external thing we're doing. But do we say we're enough as a person, as a being? And it goes back to that mammalian part of our brain and mammals in the wild, you know, hunting packs and tribes, and that part of our brain thinks our survival. Is dependent on being an accepted member of the tribe, being seen as enough, good enough, valuable enough by others, by the rest of the tribe, that we're a valuable asset in the tribe, and thus our position in the tribe is secure. Of course, nowadays our survival is not dependent on those things, but it's a hang-up of having part of our brain that's the same structure as mammals' brains, and that's particularly active up until later teenage years, because our emotional intelligence doesn't kick into later teenage years. And the emotional intelligence, the human brain, can see things with greater perspective. But up until then, the mammalian brain is quite dominant. So we tend to overanalyze whether we're good enough, whether people judge us or not, whether we've failed. We tend to take on other people's expectations, other people's stuff, and we internalize it unnecessarily. And then as we get older, we have this, this duality where, yeah, that adult us gets frustrated that we, we stress about things. There's the more adult part of us that gets frustrated. We, we have this perfectionism because the part of us knows it's not necessary. That part of us, our conscious awareness, knows we're okay for who we are. We can see that cognitively or rationally as an adult. But we're having this unconscious response, psychological responses, completely unconscious and spontaneous that we can't stop. And that's sometimes we, or we sometimes get frustrated with that part of us. We get annoyed with that part of us because we know it doesn't serve us, but we can't stop it. And it's a part of us that has a bit of a, a party in our head. It's a bit of insecurity from that remaining part of our brain. That little bit of security then imagines worst case scenario, imagine how things might play out. And imaginations are a wonderful tool to have. We do amazing things as humans with imagination. Everything put around you. Look at anything man-made around you. Kind of whether you're listening to this on a phone or on a computer. Um, everything. I'm looking at a light. I'm looking at a speaker. I'm looking at my microphone. 
um, looking at a desk, um, a radiator, all these things started with someone's imagination. Imagination is a wonderful tool, but as humans we misuse our wonderful skill of imagination or talent of imagination, ability for imagination, we misuse that. And it's the cause of worry. Because insecurity and imagination have a little part in your head and it plays out this movie that's, that's plausible, that's realistic, but it's pure fantasy. It's pure imagination. So insecurity and imagination are a toxic combination. But that's what happens with anxiety, generally, or perfectionism. We're having this movie in our head that's plausible and realistic, but it's fueled by this, this irrational insecurity. But it's all innocence. It's all in innocence. You start in innocence and it's continued by a habit, innocent habit. And I could see when I had this kind of sense of not being good enough, I unconsciously had this idea of who I should be. And I, growing up very much had this idea of who I needed to be to please my mum. Someone who has got good results and whatever that meant. She didn't give me a list of grades I needed, but I knew that anything below B would be kind of, should be disappointed. A's, you know, should be getting A's and you know, forgot to be, that's good, but to see, I just unconsciously had a sense of what she thought was good. And that's why I attained to achieve, to meet up to her expectation, to feel safe in the tribe. So I had this unconscious idea of who I think I needed to be. But also had this thought of who I was. Was at school, I was, I judged me that I thought I was you know, the thickest kid there because I initially didn't, initially didn't get a place at that school. Um, university, I missed my grades by one and everyone else had higher grades but I still got a place and but judged that I was, wasn't was as, as good as everyone else and so I had this idea of who I was and this idea of who I needed to be, to be acceptable in the world and as you get older it wasn't just about our parents, it becomes our employers, our friends and ourselves, we internalise it, but it took me a long time to realise the idea of who I think I should be, is completely made up it's completely made up. It's based upon other people's thinking. My mum's insecurity, her fear. Her fear of me not ever being happy and thinking happiness comes on getting good exam results. It's completely made up. But also who I thought I was, unconsciously this judgement of me not being good enough, I'm this, that's all made up as well. It's all thought, it's all perception. None of it's true. It's all made up. It's all made up. When we see that and hold those things more lightly, our mind begins to be quieter. When the mind begins to quieten and we connect to the, the truth of who we are, our conscious awareness, our soul that is beyond this human experience, it's not defined by this human experience, it's not defined by our thinking or imagination. So we're trying to be good enough, but by whose standards? Whose perception, whose frame of reference? And there's there's 7 billion frames of reference out there in the world. Everyone has a different perspective on things. And people will judge us. And it's accepting that. That sometimes we're not going to be good enough in other people's eyes. Sometimes we're not going to be good enough in our own eyes. Because it's, it's habit. It's part of our brain does it out of habit. Sometimes we're not going to feel good enough. And what if that's okay? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not good enough. What does enough mean? Sometimes you're going to feel not good enough because 
you've judged yourself in that moment and that's a human habit we can't turn it off the more we see it for what it is we don't have to be beholden to it I'm not good enough and that's okay because who we really are is not our thinking that's defined our soul is formless so what if there are no standards we have to adhere to? What if there's no good, bad, right or wrong? What if we can see all those judgments, those expectations, what they are, just imagination, often shaped by other people's thoughts and feelings, society, other people's opinions? What if you didn't have to care about that stuff? What if it can be there, but you have to care about it? Freedom's not never having thoughts or judgments, that's impossible. Freedom's not caring about our thoughts or judgments or other people's opinion. It's not caring because you can see it for what it is. Just an opinion. Just imagination. Which means we can hold it lightly and be free to be ourselves. Knowing that's okay. Knowing that's okay. When was the last time you looked at a baby and thought they weren't good enough? And that's who we are, our soul is this essence that comes into the world in this human form. We are that essence. Our soul is formless. What would you do? Who would you be if you didn't have to care what other people thought, if there were no standards, no expectations? Just enjoy that sense of freedom and possibility that can come from that.